Welcome to my Beauty Fuel Food by JJ, a yoga and wellness expert from New York living in Paris. JJ seeks out creatives and entrepreneurs who exemplify a vision of how to live a good life. Welcome to our very high vibrational lifestyle. This afternoon, I have the wonderful pleasure of interviewing Emma Garance Oro, who is a beauty blogger and a photographer. Thank you so much for joining us, Emma. That's my pleasure. I'm excited to be on here. Thanks for having me. The pleasure is ours. I'd love to start by talking about your journey in beauty. Um, clearly, it is something that you are totally passionate about. Has it always been a passion of yours? Um, you know what? It hasn't. Um, I kind of ended up in it accidentally. Um, I'd always wanted to kind of work in publishing and journalism. Um, and so when I graduated, um, I thought that I'd, I'd kind of been interning and writing a bit for a couple of magazines and online websites. Um, and I'd always kind of written more, a bit more about art and fashion. Um, but my first job from graduating, I was offered the position of beauty editor. And I thought, well, look, I've just graduated. Like I'm in no position to be turning down jobs. Um, so I was like, yeah, sure. Like that should be fun. And then two weeks later, I was obsessed with all things beauty and I haven't looked back since. <laughs> That is super interesting because I feel like most people I've talked about who are super interested in beauty, it's been like a lifelong thing because they either had issues with their skin or were just always passionate about it. So for you, beauty routines were not a thing until it was kind of handed to you on a silver platter. Well, not ha I definitely think beauty as like as an idea, not necessarily like beauty of skin or of uh, what you look like. Um, was newer to me, but definitely like I grew up in Paris and my mum was an artist. Um, so beauty in terms of beauty in the world and aesthetic was always something I, I studied history of art as well. Um, so that was definitely already at the forefront um, of my mind and my life. Um, but yeah, in terms of skincare, definitely not. I used to literally use like Savlon as my face cream. <laughs> so things have changed. You so you grew up in Paris, you now live in London. Let's talk a little bit, a bit about that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, my mum is English and my dad is French um, Creole, hence my um, surname. <laughs> and I lived in Paris till I was seven. And then you moved to England. Indeed, yeah. So um, yeah, then I moved to England with my mum and one of my sisters. I was going to say, because you don't have a French accent at all when you speak English, it's very British. But je n'ai pas d'accent français non plus, so. <laughs> I grew up speaking both, so I always, obviously I lived in Paris, so spoke French and spoke French to my dad and some of my sisters, um, and then, but would always speak English with my mom and my sister at home. So I think through that, I kind of always spoke both pretty well. So. Photography. You grew up um, as a young girl and also going probably to visit your father in Paris and then lived in London where you still live, two beautiful cities. What inspired you to begin your career in photography or your passion? Well, actually, they are indeed two beautiful cities, but the city in which I decided to go into photography was Sydney in Australia. Um, so I moved there when I was just before I was 24, um, which was 
about six years ago now, which is time flies. Um, but it was when I moved there, I just kind of always wanted to live by the ocean. And when I was 24, I just thought I'm, I can't be in London forever. I'll probably end up here, but I want to go have my kind of flirt with ocean and tropical lifestyle. Um, so I kind of moved to Sydney on, on a bit of a whim. Um, and I was working for a magazine there as well, um, writing about beauty. But then I just kind of decided one day I was like, you know, I love writing, but like what I've always been obsessed with really, um, and that's the great part that you, part of journalism obviously is then creating the images or like being part of the process to find the images that go with your writing. And I just thought this is way more important to me. Like this actually like excites me a lot. Um, and so I just started telling everyone I was a photographer because I didn't really know anyone. Um, and now I am. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And I, uh, I totally feel you. I have this total desire as well to go to Australia, but it takes that time. You really need to like say you're going to go. It's it's far. It's far. It's far, but it's, it's definitely worth it. Yeah, no, it was amazing. I I mean, a hundred percent. It was, it was the best thing I ever did um, going over there. And I had two amazing, amazing years there um, where I managed to, yeah, basically start being a photographer and also, um, start um, being a bit more full-time with my blog as well. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about your blog as well and the transition from the move back to Australia. How did the blog and this lifestyle that we see um, via your social media, how did it come to fruition? So I started my blog um, over 10 years ago now, which is crazy when I was at um, university, actually. Um, and for me, it was because so I, I studied history of art, which is um, there's lots of reading as, as well as looking at images. There's a hell of a lot of reading that goes with history of art, um, which I loved. But I was kind of still craving this kind of um I guess, creative outlet somehow. Um, and blogs weren't really, I mean, they, they weren't a thing. They certainly weren't a job in 2009, but I was just like, I'd always, I used to always save like all these images that I'd find online to my desktop. This was pre like any social media as well. And I just thought, well, I'm, I've got all these images. I'll just put them in like a kind of online thing because they're already in my computer on in a folder. I'll just kind of share them almost kind of more inspirational images. And that's how the blog really began. Um, but then obviously, cause I was posting more and I was kind of getting used to sharing a bit more and kind of, sh- you know, sharing why I love these images. Um, so I'd then kind of share some of the images maybe that I was taking, uh, you know, that could just be from like a, a trip that I went on with my family or something at the time. Um, but it was just started a bit more of me sharing my own images, um, and my kind of own life, I guess. Um, and so, yeah, that's really where it started. And then when I was a journalist, um, I think it definitely at the time was kind of like (laughs) almost like frowned upon to have like your own thing as well, even though I always never understood that because I was like, I'm showing that I really love doing this, that I love writing and sharing. Um, But at the time there was, it was definitely the the age where, you know, um, journalists and bloggers. So this is probably around like 2012, 2013 um, were kind of pitted against each other, I guess, as it was kind of, you know, old bloggers are trying to steal the you know what we're doing and do it just about them and it's very self-involved and this whole thing and it was there was definitely working in journalism but having a blog and knowing that I kind of would have loved to do my blog as my job but not really being able to say that because it was not okay to be a journalist who wanted to have a blog whereas now all journalists have like Instagram pages and that's like the norm because that's part of um, sharing that world in the media I think. 
Yeah, I completely agree. It's funny. I was having a similar discussion with one of um, with a friend of mine the other day, and we were talking about you know careers and how now it's just the total norm to have at least one passion project on the side because if not, it becomes so people are moving so far away, I think, from the traditional trajectory of an office job that if that's what you're doing, that you're going to have something on the side. It's really interesting to hear from you that it didn't used to be that way. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Now as well, it's just like, well, why would I not share my passion or not share my project? Or, you know, I think it definitely how I felt and because I was kind of new in the journalism world as well, certainly, but it was like, oh, well, if you've got a passion project, like, is that actually what you want to do? Like, you don't even really want to be here. Like, whereas for me, it was like, no, I just love doing it. I'll do it in my free time as well. Um, But yeah, it's it's really interesting um, having been kind of both the journalist and then the blogger. And then now, I guess, in inverted commas, I could be called an influencer. But having gone through all those stages and the different times of like acceptance of um, what was okay to do, definitely. Um, but yeah, now I, it's so normal, isn't it? Because everyone just wants to share as much as they can. And it's almost odd, especially in a creative industry, um, to not share everything that you're doing. Totally. Totally. So when did you make the transition and how did that come to be? So it was when I was in Sydney. So I'd basically just rocked up in Sydney. I knew no one. I had no job. I just was like, I need to go there. I visited before, like years before, and I'd always thought I'd end up there. And it was a very random thing to do, but the best things always random. (laughs) Um, Not overthought, perhaps. Um, So I was working at a magazine there, which is Rush Magazine, which was really great. And I was doing uh, most of their beauty content um, on their site and for their magazine. Um, their print magazine and I kind of still had my blog on the side but I was because I was just um, freelancing for a magazine I was also working in a cafe and I was also deciding that I maybe wanted to be a photographer Um, and I was also trying to set up good contacts for um, for me to continue blogging over there Um, so kind of like with PRs and um, you know getting to know a whole new city of people whereas obviously I'd, I'd kind of known everyone in London um and it was really when I decided that I wanted to really go into photography um so that's kind of when I decided to just completely stop um, my freelance work for journalism because I was like if I'm going to do this I have to like you know be able to do it and be free if someone's like oh I've got a shoot I want to be able to be like yeah cool I'll be there rather than like oh I've actually got a job I can't you know (laughs) I was like I'm gonna go all in um and so by doing that, I kind of had a bit more time um, because I was just working from home, um, trying to reach out for photography jobs. And so I just started putting more and more time into my blog. Um, and that's really when um, I started being able to kind of work with brands and like create content for them. And I definitely think, um, well, it certainly was back in the day and it certainly is now, um, the fact that obviously I am a photographer um means that I can create really lovely images for brands as well as just talk about them and share it with my audience but they can also get a really like good um, amount of like beautiful content which they can repurpose um and so to start I was definitely doing like behind I think my first ever paid um blog kind of slash photography job was with Elizabeth Arden and I was doing the kind of like behind the scenes photo um of them doing this shoot with this um really wonderful artist um who was using like the makeup and stuff to draw um and I was just like 
oh my gosh, how am I here? Like I'm on set with Elizabeth Arden. This is so surreal. Um, terrified also, because I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I know I'll make it work. Um, and yeah, that was kind of, then I started doing more jobs um, like that, that were kind of photography based and then also sharing um, more and more beauty on my own blog as well. So awesome to hear when passion becomes the your reality. I mean, that's what happened to you. And and now, you know, you continue to live that. I can imagine it's evolved since. What does the day in the life of Emma look like? <laughs> very variant. I mean, actually, it used to be more varied. Obviously, nowadays, there's a bit more of a um, constraints <laughs> to what I can do. Um, but normally, my, my weeks are kind of filled with like uh, meetings. Um, I definitely go to, obviously, not at the moment, but in general, there's lots of launches in London. So I try and kind of show my face at those um, to support brands. Um, but then also I, I know that like prioritizing actually doing work and being creative um, is what I do best kind of on my own and at home. Um, so for me, honestly, it's just like um, inspiring myself and researching and trying to figure out ways that I can shoot stuff that's interesting. Um, and then also with all the skincare um, advice I give um, on Instagram, um, and my blog, it's kind of like compiling, um, you know, really useful resources for people or like what's the easiest way to kind of explain this thing that seems very confusing to lots of people. Um, so it's mainly about kind of um, definitely even like having conversations with my audience, because I think I get so much from them because they'll ask me a question and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I would have never even thought that that needed you know explaining or something like that like that's so cool like let me write a blog post on that or let me do some stories on that to kind of um so everyone can learn from that uh so it's it's really just researching and and shooting <laughs> and then at the moment it's obviously all been at home so yeah yeah that was actually going to be my next question so from somebody who has a background in you know not growing up being maybe the beauty section was not the one that you were the most interested in reading in a magazine. How did you accumulate such a vast knowledge of skin treatments and, and beauty in general? Yeah. So I think through definitely through working in the beauty industry and as a beauty journalist, we, we're so lucky because, you know, we get to meet the founders of these amazing brands and talk to them and these experts and really know so much um, and really when I start, I mean, I'd always done beauty content, obviously, because I was working as a beauty journalist, but when I really started focusing, really honing in on, um, skincare was just over about two years ago when I started my Sunday school series, which is a series I do, um, every week on my stories on Instagram. Um, and that is kind of taking through taking my audience through something like either an ingredient or like a type of product. So that could be like vitamin C or moisturizers and stuff like that. And what I realized basically, I, I was like, okay, instead of thinking like, what can I get out of this? I kind of thought, what can I give to people to, to help them? That's actually handy rather than just, you know, a nice, a pretty image is great, but like, what can I give them that has substance basically? Um, and I was like, just things that are so obvious when you work in like the beauty world. So like, for example, um, something like moisturizers, you know, moisturizers don't moisturize your skin. They just stop moisture leaving your skin. So stuff like that, just like that anyone in beauty that works in beauty is like, well, yeah, duh. But I was like, I don't think everyone actually knows that. <laughs> so it was like taking things, just things that are really 
like just putting things in layman's terms and not to dumb it down, but just because when you work in the industry, we learn so much and we absorb so much. And I was like, I'd love to like share this um, with everyone um, and help them really understand their skin. Cause I think skincare is so personal. You know, there's not like one perfect routine. Otherwise skincare would be really easy. <laughs> like this is the routine done. You know, everyone has different types of skin, you know, are in different environments, um, you know, had different, diets you know different genetics all of this has such an impact on your skin so i think the best thing that you can know about your skin is how it works and really understand how products work and how certain ingredients work so that you can make the decision like well that ingredient sounds great for me maybe not that one or you know that texture of moisturizer is great for me um rather than that one and just understanding that all because basically at the end of the day only you can really tell yourself what is right for your skin. So I'm going to kind of provide as much as much information as I can for you to figure that out um, in a kind of easy to digest way um, rather than kind of overcomplicating it, which I think often with skincare, especially nowadays, um, can be very kind of overwhelming. If you just like look stuff up, it's like, oh, my gosh, I have no idea what's going on. I could not agree more. I mean, I think even on a personal level, I up until probably like a year ago, I'm 27, didn't use anything on my skin. I mean, I love wellness. I love, I love the idea of products, but my, I always had pretty good skin. So I never really thought about it. I was more like, oh, if I put it on my skin, maybe it's going to change and it's going to mess it up. And you're totally right where, you know, so much goes into it. The products, the genetics, what you eat. I mean, I think, um, so even as somebody who doesn't know that much about beauty, I think that that's really interesting and really important. Yeah. And just know more about your actual skin and more information that you probably don't know and less about what should be right for you because there are experts that can help us to do that. But, um, you know, everyone has their place. And I, I think that those, those Sunday um, little info sessions are so smart. I also want to just touch on what you were saying about how you learn so much, you know, basically on um, le terrain, because I did, was doing a podcast yesterday with um, Dana from uh, Noise Skincare New York, and she's created such an incredible following on Instagram. And she was the first one to say on multiple occasions during the podcast, like, esthetician school, you learn nothing. <laughs> yes, I I know I found that out the hard way. Um, I haven't done any proper schooling like that, but I know that there are definitely people, the estheticians, that I would say give out interesting advice to people who then message me like, I've been told to do this, but I'm not sure why. Um, so yeah, there, there's just so many different levels. And I think even with dermatologists, like, you know, dermatologists know so much and they're really great, but essentially you know people message me like oh emma like, I, I don't know if you can help me with this like or should i just go to a dermatologist but a dermatologist is great you know if you have severe acne and you need to be prescribed something like ractane but if you just have a kind of you know a dermatologist is essentially there to prescribe you a drug that you or a cream that you can't get normally so i think often people think that dermatologists will be able to fix everything which i'm sure they can and obviously they're extremely knowledgeable and, and not dissing dermatologists but it, they're going to they're almost going to give you too much whereas it might just be like oh you just need to remove that from your routine or you just need to add this in um whereas i think at any time certainly i've been to dermatologists um i've just been prescribed creams that honestly just made my skin react because they were just too strong but you know they they would have 
I'm sure got rid of my acne, but they were also really irritating my skin. So I think it's, 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 it's kind of trying to tackle just one thing rather than seeing it as like a whole, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. I mean, like, shout out to my brother who's definitely not listening to this. Um, So I'll use him as an example. But I remember when my brother was younger, and maybe even now, he always had like, not always, but in his teen years had acne, not horrible acne, not acne that needed like really severe medication. But being that my dad's a doctor, he went to a dermatologist to treat his skin. And that being said, my brother does probably hasn't ever eaten a vegetable in his entire life. Like he loves food, but it's burgers, bagels, don't, you know, it's not, but maybe if he changed that part, a lot would have gotten better as opposed to just, you know, and I'm all for doctors when you need them, but I agree. I, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. I think it should be kind of the, the last resort. Like I've tried this, I've tried that, I've switched that, like still not working. It's like, okay go to a doctor then <laughs> like you know but not the like oh I have a minor breakout like shall I go on Rakutane or use retinol and I'm 15 and it's like no 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 <laughs> please don't <laughs> exactly especially because there's so many amazing um options out in that in the world now now that I've become a little bit more educated and don't just like put on bioderma every once in a while and I do a little bit more but um I think the burning question I want to ask is what is your skin routine? Even though it may not be the right routine for everyone, what do you do? What do I do? So much. (laughs) So it did take me years. So I will like preface this. I did actually have um, in my teenage years, I had quite bad. um, I wouldn't say acne, but I definitely had reoccurring breakouts that were definitely like a concern for me. Um, And something when I got into the beauty industry was like really trying to figure out how to tackle those. And also the the pigmentation that had been left from when I had stupidly as a teenager picked my spots. Um, So for me, my thing is really about like hydrating. Um, And one of the first things I learned in beauty, I mean, that I kind of took from knowing so much in beauty and hearing all these experts speak and being able to meet them was that actually the whole like drying out the skin to get rid of breakouts thing is like such a never ending circle um, because we get breakouts because our skin is producing sebum, which is oil. Um, So actually by hydrating your skin, um, you're actually going to have a lot of less breakouts. So for me, I'm like all about hydration. Like you can't get enough hydration. Like, you know, you can't drink enough water. Um, that's how I see it. Um, and it's definitely about routine for me as well. I always say like, you know, you know, first of all, skin cycle has, is about 28 days. So like things aren't going to be like miraculously perfect in a week. Um, so I definitely think you have to give things time. Um, but also the routine for me is really important. Um, and so I always have certain ingredients. Um, so, you know, if you were going to work out once, you will obviously know that you're not going to get six pack from working out once. It's from consistently going and consistently training. And you basically need to train your skin. Um, so for me, the ingredients that I love to use, um, because I do switch up my routine quite a lot, because obviously through my job, I'm like always testing new things. Um, and I'm just really interested in knowing about new products um, and just trying out new bits. But I try and not overload my skin in terms of too many new products at once, because I want to be able to tell like what actually made a difference or what maybe wasn't great. Um, but that was my massive preface to my routine. Sorry. Um 
So in the morning, I would always use a lovely um, like gel cleanser. So I've got combination sensitive skin that's prone to breakouts. Um, so I try and be really gentle with it. Um, so I'll use a yeah, lovely gel cleanser in the morning, um, then an antioxidant of sorts, which is normally a vitamin C, or that can be a niacinamide as well. Um, then always use a hydrating serum. I use a hyaluronic acid serum twice a day um, to just really hydrate my skin. And then because I've got combination skin, I also love like um, water gel moisturizers that feel really light on the skin, but still really hydrating. And then of course, SPF um, every day, SPF 50, even in rainy London. Um, and then in the evening, I'll use an oil or balm cleanser to like remove my makeup um, and really kind of um, any dirt or SPF to, that might be in my pores, then go in with that same gel cleanser that I used in the morning um, to kind of cleanse my skin. So I see like the double cleanse, the first cleanse is really about removing any dirt that's on my skin. And the second cleanse is actually about cleaning my actual skin. Um, and then I tend to use either um, some kind of chemical exfoliant, so probably like a lactic acid, which is a lovely milk base alpha hydroxy acid, um, which is great at kind of resurfacing the top layer of skin for really kind of glowy skin. Um, and sometimes alongside uh, BHA, which is so like a salicylic acid, which is great for it's oil soluble. So it's going to be great for my breakouts. Um, and then again, go in with my hyaluronic acid, which is hydrating. Um, and then uh, probably an oil, like I love rosehip oil. Um, and one of the things I really learned for sensitive skin is to kind of avoid essential oils um, because they they can kind of irritate the skin um, and then lock it in with a cream. Um, <laughs> and that's a really basic routine for me. So <laughs> I totally, I mean, it's what you do. So, and got to find pleasure and stuff that brings us happiness somewhere. How do you keep this like exterior glow going? What are some of your go-tos for pick-me-ups? Because you are just, I can tell that you're just like, Big ray of sunshine. Uh, put me out from Emma. I mean, to be very English, it's a good cup of tea. Um, and also I love, um, especially during lockdown, one of my favorite things to do has been like taking walks in nature. I think obviously because so much of my job is like on screen and having screens, you know, whether I'm recording something or I'm doing emails or I'm looking at my camera, like there's so much digital I love just like completely forgetting that and just like going for a walk in nature like that really like revives me and like helps make me more present I think I get really like it's really easy to kind of like go down a tunnel like looking on Instagram or whatever it might be um and just like writing stuff down I find that really cathartic as well um in terms of like a pick me up I find like oh I don't know what to do I feel a bit stressed something like that um I'll always just kind of write it doesn't have to make any sense even just like bullet points it's almost like just to kind of like clear stuff out my mind um before I do something yeah I feel like that one keeps coming back and I need to get myself into nature because it is so grounding and in London you guys are so lucky to have so many beautiful parks so thank you so 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 much for spending this time talking to us about your past, your journey in the world of skincare, the start of your blog, um, everything. Just have one final question for you. So for somebody that's starting their skincare journey and, you know, they want to start a new routine or they feel like something isn't working, you know, one of these people that maybe ask if they're good, they should go to their dermatologist or ask you for advice. What's the kind of advice you usually give to people who, who need help or who are looking for some kind of skincare advice? 
I think definitely don't, I always say don't try like everything at once because sometimes people that come across my profile, I'm like, oh my God, I need that, I need that, I need that. And, <laughs> and then they use it all at once and their skin is like, what's happening? We've gone from zero to a hundred. So I think it's definitely um, kind of adding things in gradually. Um, but often my, my answer to people's um, kind of skin woes is that they just, honestly, it's just they need a chemical exfoliant and they need hydration. Um, so I would normally recommend like one of those. So an AHA, a BHA, um, and a hyaluronic acid pretty much sorts out, I'd say 99% of people's, um, skin worries, um, that aren't obviously like severe, um, issues. Thank you so much. It has been such a pleasure to chit chat with you. Thank you so much, Emma. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening. It would be amazing if you could leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, or Deezer. It helps us to keep going and keep motivated. Thank you again and have a wonderful day.